0: Welcome to the Psych Central Show, where each episode presents an in-depth look at issues from the fields of psychology and mental health, with your host, Gabe Howard, and featuring Vincent M. Wales.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to this edition of the Psych Central Show. With me, as always, is Vincent M. Wales. Hello there and my name is Gabe Howard and this week we are going to ask the question what's the difference between mental health and physical health then what do you think the difference between mental health and physical health is
2: perception mainly I really don't understand why there is such a huge difference in people's minds on on mental versus physical health I mean after all your brain is an organ you know just like your heart or your your liver or your kidneys or whatever and so it's just an illness of your brain
1: well so well, hang really... on a second hang on hang okay. on okay yeah say, let's hang on you say it's what an illness on to? you say it's an illness of the brain okay but but brain cancer is also an illness of the brain is it not a, yep well and and brain but all cancer
2: but they're all different kinds of illnesses for different things you know you can have a you can have a tumor on your kidney, but that's not the same thing as kidney failure, which is not something you can look at and see physically. It's something you've got to measure, right?
1: Right. Okay. So so we've got mental health and physical health, and these these encompass two very different things. I mean, physical health would be an example of a broken leg. That's physical health, right? The, the flu. Sure. The flu, Yeah. yeah. you know, the, the, the things that we can touch, malfunctioning physical mm-hmm. health right the things mm-hmm. that are in our heads so things that affect our, our personality uh, our our perceptions our our behaviors that would be mental health correct okay okay so we can see why we divide them up from a from a medical standpoint
2: all right sure
1: so is there any reason to divide them up for any practical purpose should we look at these two things differently
2: No not really I don't think we should. But it's, it's not hard to understand why people do. With illnesses of, of the brain, there aren't what people would refer to as markers, so to speak. Now yes, today we can take a person and put them in an MRI, and we can show the differences between a, a healthy brain in how it operates, and a brain with a particular mental disorder and, and what it looks like under the scanners so we can we can see these things but that's usually only valuable in in retrospect in, in in an analysis kind of thing it's not like you can stick somebody in an mri and look at it and say oh you have depression or you know you have bipolar disorder whereas you know you can pee into a cup and they can tell you whether your kidneys are working well or not so it's a different kind of thing but that's because i think the brain is so complex there is no other organ we have that comes close to the complexity of the brain. It is, I think, just a matter of time before we have the kind of physical markers that we can look for to diagnose mental illnesses. We can't do it just yet, but I'm sure that day is coming.
1: Now when you say, physical markers to, to diagnose mental illness. You mean like a, a proof positive 100% test? Like, for example, you can draw some blood, run it under a, a microscope and tell me that I have cancer, for example. But you for can't example. you can't pull Gabe Howard's blood out, run it under a microscope and say that he has bipolar disorder, e- right. even, even though I do. And it, you believe that the day is coming, that they'll be able to, I believe you said, pee in a cup or or draw blood. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know what form that will take, whether it's going to be
2: a urine test or a blood sample or whatever, but there's going to be something.
1: A definitive test. Yes. One of the criticisms right now is that there is no definitive test. So some people call mental health uh, diagnosis is a soft science, whereas physical illnesses are diagnosed via hard science. And some (laughs) deny it outright
2: too, but just like, you know, Many years ago, people denied the whole germ theory of disease. Germs aren't real. You know, they don't exist. We can't see them.
1: All right, then. This is actually a very good point, because in our history, there's there's been lots of things like this. The, the, the world is flat because we haven't proved yet that it's round. Uh, mm-hmm. there's, there, there's, there are no planets other than Earth because we hadn't been to space. So you, you use the, the germ example, which, of course, understanding germ theory has, has lengthened our life greatly. Uh, because we're no longer getting infections every time we, you know, step on a rusty nail. Uh, but they all were preceded by this idea that you think it exists, I don't think it exists, you can't prove it, so therefore it doesn't, and then we, science progressed. Uh-huh,
2: that's
1: and So, right. so you, you feel that the science, and and I feel this way too, I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but you believe that that with more research, we'll be able to get those definitive tests so that, you know, people that have... You know, mental illness will not be told that they're faking anymore.
2: Exactly. I don't know how long that's gonna take. It may not be within our lifetimes, but i it's inevitable, I think.
1: I think it's certainly not going to be within your lifetime, Vin, based on your advanced age.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> Interestingly enough, there, there's a lot of research into the other day I was, uh, and I say the other day, two years ago, I, I apparently am also aging rapidly, My doctor, my psychiatrist, took a swab inside my mouth and was able to send that off to the the magical lab that I don't understand. And this helped her understand what medications were more or less likely to work, uh, I'm Mm going to say, with my body chemistry.
2: Right. It's fantastic, isn't it?
1: It's absolutely fantastic because, uh, one... We talked about how medication with, with mental illness is diagnosed before. It's an educated guess by a psychiatrist, and then you monitor the symptoms. But anything that we can do to, to close that window, less trial and error, and less horrible side effects, uh, the, the better odds we have for the patient. So this is a way right. that, that physical illness and mental illness are, you, you know, the, the gaps are bridging. It's coming yes. together. Yes. But I want to talk about this for a moment. So as, as somebody that lives with bipolar disorder, I, I've experienced depression. And the one thing that I'm always shocked about is that people are surprised when I say that depression is physically painful. Oh, yeah. Because they yeah. say that, why is depression physically painful? It's just depression. It's, of course, my second favorite phrase, all in your head.
2: Gotta love that one. <laughs>
1: My third favorite one after pick myself up from my bootstraps and you have so much to be happy for. Why are you miserable?
2: (laughs) Yeah, depression has a lot of physical traits to it that that people unfamiliar with the disease have have no clue about. And one of the one of the interesting ones is that depression has uh, a tendency to mess about with your immune system, making you more susceptible to illness, and that's something that I've been dealing with just recently, as you know. Um, my, my depression uh, flared about a month ago, and it's, it's been pretty bad since then for reasons I don't need to go into, but I also found myself um, waylaid in the hospital for a couple of days with what has turned out to be a case of pericarditis. It's an inflammation of the pericardium around the heart, and I have to wonder you know, is there a relation there? I mean, yes, I did have a cold prior to this. And and my doctors told me that, uh, that a pericardial inflammation is, is usually the result of having had a virus of some sort before. But I have to wonder, you know, is it also because my immune system was compromised because of the depression as well? So in my head, that's, you know, there's, there's something suspicious about the timing, I guess.
1: And the research sort of holds that up. You can certainly see where, uh, let's say, you're in the middle of a of a depressive episode. You're you're depressed, and uh, you know we sp- the, the the lethargy is, is the most common symptom that the lay person, somebody that's not experienced depression, can understand. We've all seen people depressed. Sure. It's always depicted as somebody laying in bed, unable to move. Uh, you know, so we'll describe that as limbs being really heavy, constantly tired you can see we're not moving around, not getting a lot of exercise, probably not taking care of yourself hygienically, mm-hmm. not showering, not brushing your teeth, you know, not eating well. I mean, when I'm depressed, mm-hmm. potato chips and Diet Coke are my food of choice. So all of those things, even if there's no causal link between depression and a, a physical health issue, a, a cold, the flu, et cetera, mm-hmm. depression makes you not take care of yourself. Not sure. taking care of yourself,
2: Leads to other problems. Yes, <laughs> absolutely.
1: So while we may yeah. not understand perfectly how we get from A to B, it, I don't think it takes uh, really a, a rocket scientist to figure out that that you do get to A to B. Well, I'm glad you're well. I we we should say that, and of course I'm <laughs> I'm I'm sorry. To... I, I'm
2: not sure that's the word I would use yet. I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. But.
1: I, I'm glad you're getting there. Uh, some other things that we talk about when it comes to you know mental health and physical health being so incredibly separated uh, in people's minds, and and I like the word that you use—it's it, perception. Uh, first off, we're all one being, so if our mental health is affected, our physical health is going to be affected. But let's talk about it from the other direction: your oh, physical yeah. health driving your mental health. Uh, for example, sure. let's say that you had no mental health issues, Vin. Uh, But all of a sudden, you found yourself in the hospital for a few days with with a a heart issue. Yeah. Do you believe that that could adversely affect your mental health?
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Um, In fact, I, I know that at some point, I've read about studies where people who've had heart attacks, for example, are much more prone to develop depression during their recovery periods. And that doesn't surprise me in the least. I mean, circumstances can affect depression can bring it out in you in, in in certain cases lengthy diseases or recovery from diseases or or conditions certainly is going to going to have that effect on you
1: i think the general public understands the idea of uh, we'll go with a, a death in the family causing depression now now it's it's grief you know actually i don't want to uh, get too far down this rabbit hole but if somebody that you love passes away, your mental health takes a hit. A lot of people say mm-hmm. they're experiencing depression. It's actually, you know, grief, but it, it's still... Although grief
2: grief can become depression if it of goes course. on for too long.
1: Of course. But there's an example of something that happened that led to a mental health issue. So right. uh, again, it, it doesn't really take it doesn't take a lot of introspection to understand that if you get in a car accident, break both of your legs and your hobbies are marathon running and yoga, and now you're sitting in the easy chair watching daytime television that one might have, we'll just go with a a generic mental health issue.
2: Let's go with generic, yes. Let's go with generic
1: mental health issue. So we can see where physical health can drive mental health, mental health can drive physical health, and they all live, of course, in one person. These are all... Illnesses, disorders, maladies, symptoms, problems that, that affect a single human being. They're not separate. Right. One is going to impact the other. So that raises, a, that raises a very important question. Why? Why do people see it this way? Because people do. I mean, let, let, let's first state that unequivocally. People do not think, not everybody, but most people do not think that mental health and physical health have anything to do with the other. Mental health is something that happens to that one in five, and uh, physical health is something that happens to everybody.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, as as with most issues in our world, it all comes down to education. You know, people are ignorant of this because they simply just don't know any better. They haven't They haven't uh, haven't been informed. That's why we're here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that is why PsychCentral.com exists, and that's why the Psych Central Show podcast exists, but... You know, I've had this conversation with a lot of people, a lot of people, probably not probably, definitely more than the average. I'm, I'm a mental health advocate for Pete's sake. And I'm I'm shocked at the number of people that give me resistance. It, there, there's just a there's a lot of resistance to this concept that everybody has mental health. And I've said that before. Everybody has mental health. Somebody goes, well, there is a lot of pushback. Why do you think that is?
2: Well, when you when you phrase it that way, mental health, I have no idea how somebody could deny that. I mean, we all have a mind. We all have health. Therefore, um, now, if you were to say everybody has mental illness, I could see some pushback on that, even though I would say that's pretty much true, too, because we all at some point or other are going to have something that would qualify as even a brief spell of mental illness. So... I'd have to say stigma is a big one. People don't want to associate that with themselves. because they we still have this, you know, I'm not crazy kind of thing. But, you know, it's could be any of these things.
1: It, it's It's probably all of those things. So without diving too far down, I this is this is a great conversation because you know to, to you and I, we're, we're just flabbergasted that this would even be a conversation. See, I think the way that we talk about mental health and mental illness is, is just wrong. And the reason that I say that is because we always say mental health and mental illness. This, this is really kind of a catch-all that it's just, it's just way too broad. Uh, grief is, is mental health and severe paranoid schizophrenia where you think that bugs are crawling all over your body is also mental health. So imagine if we use the catch-all physical health to mean everything so terminal cancer and uh, sneezing both fall under the oh. physical health catch-all so when somebody sure. says hi i'm physically ill y- you don't know where they are but we're constantly right. talking about the mentally ill more and more people are accepting mental health diagnoses for example 13 percent of the population takes antidepressants which is at an all-time high and and certainly you know, much higher than it was even 10 years ago. I believe uh, Scientific America said that antidepressant use or SSRI use has doubled in the last decade. So people are seeing value or more understanding of mental health conditions, but they still look at it as completely separate from physical health. And, uh, you know, obviously we've got the stigma, we've got the discrimination, we've got people not wanting to think they're crazy. But at the end of the day, your mental health and your physical health is still your overall health. So yeah. I don't know that we're ever gonna to get to the bottom of the resistance to this, except to say that, hey, being labeled as somebody with a mental illness or with a mental health issue is frankly just not something that people like to hear.
2: it doesn't help at all that there are people out there who outright deny that mental illness exists in any form.
1: And it's not just when we say that they deny that it exists in any form. We're not talking about, you know, small places. We're talking about churches, uh, religions, big groups. The anti-psychiatry movement is is huge
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: amongst people that that wield real power in government and in our country. They they have a real, they have a real following. This isn't you know some. I was going to say fringe nut job, but you know, it's not some fringe person that's yelling on a street corner. This is right. You, you know, these, these are, these we are
2: people. Have, <laughs> we have, we have in, in America, we have a very, very disturbing anti-science trend. I mean, just look at the anti-vax movement, which just makes me want to vomit. It really does. I mean, vaccines have, have done so much for, for this, for this world just in the past you know, 50 years. But a lot of people today, just they have no experience living in a society where, where polio, for example, was running rampant and killed people left and right. They just they don't have any memory of that. So vaccines just uh, don't seem to be important anymore, apparently.
1: Well, what's the What's the famous saying? Those that don't understand history are doomed to repeat it.
2: Doomed to repeat it. Yeah.
1: And those that do understand history are doomed to watch other people repeat it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but unfortunately, we get caught up in all of that. So I don't want history repeating on me that way. Thank you.
1: Fair enough, fair enough. The takeaway of all of this is a person is a person is a person. So our our, our bodies and our mental health, our, our brain is inside our heads, which is inside our bodies, and our mental health and physical health should not be separated. We shouldn't think of it separately. We shouldn't ask our medical establishment to think of it separately. And in order to be the best us we can be, we want to be both physically and mentally healthy. And denying that mental health issues exist in you is... Not the way to do that. We must take it more seriously. I believe the great advocate, Patrick Kennedy, says we need a checkup from the neck up. And uh, well, that's just a great rhyme. And I think it's a good thing to end on. Vin, wouldn't you say? I would. All right. Thank you, everybody, for tuning into this week's edition of the Psych Central Show. And we will see you next week.
0: PsychCentral.com is the Internet's oldest and largest independent mental health website. PsychCentral is overseen by Dr. John Grohall, a mental health expert and one of the pioneering leaders in online mental health. Our host, Gabe Howard, is a professional speaker, award-winning writer, and mental health advocate. You can find more information on Gabe and his work at GabeHoward.com. Vincent M. Wales is an award-winning speculative fiction novelist and suicide prevention crisis counselor. You can find more information on Vincent at vincentmwales.com. If you have feedback about the show, please email psychcentral.com.